Mediocre Hobbies Podcast, Season 2 Episode 16, The Good, The Bad and The Golden Shin. Follow us online. The Golden Shin is on Instagram as the underscore golden underscore chin. Andy is at youtube.com forward slash mediocre hobbies. And Tom is at tomlandy.com. Hello. Hello. Happy, happy Monday. There's nothing ever happy about Monday, Tom. That's, that's a blatant lie. Well, I mean, the end of it. What is yeah, this? He's never got his flags out before. Is this some sort of weird pride? No, it's a case of the flag that um, was at my wedding. Ah. We had a Dublin and a Kerry flag. The Kerry flag survived better than the Dublin flag. <laughs> yeah, he thought he lost it, but they were they were genuinely tried to tear it up and wreck it on the dance floor. Really? So I had to take it away and stuff it in my jacket. And then he obviously knew he wanted it because it's he he came in, you know, like now introducing Mr. and Mrs. Although it was their own names, they had their own. They each had their own flag walking down, which is very cool. So. Right. They, they've got the one that looks like it has the V8 coming out the back, like sounds like it's Sebulba's racer going across the Yes. Everybody knows that sound. Sounds like I get it at 47 and hit the button, it won't happen. But it's okay, it goes to face to face to face. So if I'm not talking, it happens. Well, at the moment, at the moment it doesn't, but it will. Oh, crap. Oh, well. <laughs> fine. It's totally fine. We're totally fine. Freshman. I mean, it's just, we just edit it. It's fine. Nothing, nothing bad ever happens. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Media Hobbies podcast with co-host Mr. Tom Landy. And today we are joined by none other than... How long can I make the pregnant pause go on before I actually say anything? Hello? edit out the pause, so it doesn't matter. I'll edit it all out, don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) We, of course, joined by Mr. The Golden Chin, as many people will know him as, but I know him as Dave McGowan. Um previous colleague and current friend and golden and trophy <laughs> winner and finalist pin winner of many times over and generally all around kind of nice guy. He's getting less nice by the day, but we'll get over that. You're to blame for a lot of that you didn't realize, you know. I didn't say I wasn't. And... Like I also like it was like current friend. It's like that's a that's a time limited. Yeah, thing. I thought uh, that once, as well. That was if a you bit move harsh. down to Kerry, we we're what are we gonna do like <laughs> This, this is the marvels of technology, you know? Andy, yeah, when did I last physically see you? Ten years well, ago? I don't know. Well, yeah. No, 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 no. We saw each other at the GT in... Pre-pandemic. In hotel in Dublin. Oh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely pre-pandemic. <laughs> Jesus, I ran that uh, GT. Wow, that's really going back. Yes, yes, you did. Yeah. That was a good event. Uh, yes. Not just because you were here. Yeah. And then that whole thing just, you know, imploded. But that's a story for another day. I mean, <clears> we're actually talking about, right? we're talking about the, have you, do you watch, do you watch the painting phase religiously? Yes. Have yeah. you seen the new one with Tom, what's his face from the hobby products team? The guy who's responsible for contrast. contrast. And yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really, really good. And um, I brought this up earlier on and Andy immediately went into, oh, Mick's always talking about how important the tournament scene is. And it's like, it is really important. And we're not disagreeing with that, but it's not actually big business. It's yeah. like, it's our big business if it's your business, but it's not Games Workshop's business. It's, and, it's not a revenue stream. No, no, not until, not until like this, the Skaven army or whatever comes out and everyone buys that one model. On <laughs> you know, we've, we've been there. We, we know exactly what that's like. Yeah, but, that plus multiple parts of, what was it? Agrax Earthshade at the time. Just oh yeah, that no, was like Devlin Mud at the time, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely much is that's really going back. There's there's a there's a throwback there in it. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, the better days. Man, I'm getting really excited for all world. I know we talked about this. I'm not gonna talk about this because like live we talked about this for like the entire last podcast. We, we can I'm go for so it. I'm so excited about it. I keep talking about it and I keep get like even Tim was talking about it. I was like, do you remember the time where you if if somebody declared a charge on a warp lightning cannon, its only reaction it was allowed to make was to flee. So people would be like, okay, first turn. And you remember, you couldn't pre-measure. So he's like, I'm going to charge your warp lightning cannons. Oh, that's more, I can't be sure if it's more than 12 inches away. I don't know. So can you just declare your interaction? <laughs> oh, you to flee off the table? Cool, have a good day. I was like, I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I still remember the first game taking my Steam Tank out with my Empire playing against Mixed Tower. Yeah. Not the terror. It's like, oh, I'm going to park up beside this building. Oh, it's mysterious terrain. Let's roll a dice and see what it is. Oh, it's a haunted building. Oh, it slowly starts chipping away at it. So now, what are Steam Tanks really good at doing when they take wounds? Not moving, that's for sure. 
No, because like you can, you. Well, I remember it because I was actually there, and I took a picture of something else in the room, like my game, and your game is in the background, and your steam tank is next to the tower. It's really yeah. funny. But it's like you can't fail uh, the boiler check on a steam tank until it starts taking wounds. You can't yes. physically fail it. So it was like turn one. You were like, oh, the humble bunch takes a wound. Okay, boiler blows blows a gasket, <laughs> wounds, and it never moved. It just kept taking wounds and blowing gaskets for the rest of the game. Never moved. Never shot. Nothing. Just a, a nice additional scenery piece. It just decided, oh yeah, this looks like a great place to park up for the night. You know, I wonder what the rates are like in this haunted mansion. I'm sure they're reason. <laughs> you came back in the morning and your steam tank was on blocks, pal. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, give me all world now. Yeah, for, for anyone wondering, Dave Dice has long been a thing. It's not just the uh, the battle reports. That's always been a thing. I think it's I think it's a curse of Dublin City Games Workshop because my dice are exactly the same. My theory, and I think it's a, I don't know, maybe it's a theory that goes beyond sort of the Irish gaming community, but it's a case of you can do one of two things. You can paint, you can play. You can't do both. The two are mutually exclusive. Right, yeah. so... What about if you can't paint and you can't play? There must be something you can read. All right. <clears throat> so, Dave, the reason I wanted to talk to you is because I've got this. I've got this challenge for myself that next year, twenty twenty four, I'm going to enter something into Golden Demon. Okay. And so I have started to go down the road of trying to get be better at painting. So I've got mm -hmm. some new paints. I've got some new brushes. I'm going to like you know. I think whenever I figure out what model I'm going to do, I'm going to buy the same model three or four times and paint him once and then paint him better and paint him better and, you know, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> but part of part of this is, like, you're the best painter that I know. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I've met you, spent some time together. But you've you've won, like, Golden Demon Awards, right? And I think that the the one that you won for is mm. actually probably the worst one that you've entered. Like some of the ones you've done after that look so much better. And I don't know if that's just the photographs are weird or bad or whatever, or maybe you'd completely disagree with me and punch me. But like, I think the duel that you did with the elf and the dwarf is 10 mm. times the um, River Town Watchman, right? And he's awesome, but it's like, maybe it's just style thing. What, what, what's like, what, what drives you to do, first of all, want to compete at that level because i want to do it because i've never done it and it's a bit of fun right but everything you seem to do is just it's it's better right it's just more and it's better so what is it that drives you to get to that level and what is it that what could you do differently now that you couldn't do when you when you won your trophy Ooh, okay you're gonna need to give me a second to try and process that that's um bit harsh i know but yeah what, what could you do now that you're less shit like uh... <laughs> so i was there and when we saw your model in the cabinet for lord of the rings we pegged it for a trophy when we saw it mm. when we looked at it that year we were like oh dave you're in this year like this is like because it's always fun like remember the year before we went and the guy had the goddamn elrond walking down the stairs yeah and i was like you're not in it this time dave you're, you're done right these guys are no. gods <laughs> Um, so I don't. And know. I don't. I don't want to diss that because it is. I'm actually just scrolling oh. to find it right now. I think it's an awesome pin job, mm. but I just feel like what you've been a finalist pin for since then is ten times better than what that was. But maybe it was just the field and the year, or maybe it's maybe it's the photography of it is just bad because it is against like um, a white background and most of it. So a lot of it can be down to what you come against in. Um in the field and when you enter into Golden Demon because Golden Demon is a weird one. I'm purely speaking now about that as a, because that's my kind of primary experience in terms of painting competitions and that kind of stuff. I know there's other ones online and other ones around the world. I've only really taken part in Golden Demon. Um, and that for me was kind of a natural evolution from taking part in my local store competitions. So like back when I was, I don't know, 15, 14 or whatever, I was taking part in the the local ones in Games Workshop Dublin or in Games Workshop Blanchestown and doing reasonably well in those fairly regularly. So for me, the next natural evolution of that was going to somewhere like Games and thinking, right, time to push myself on to what's next. And it's always that kind of drive at the back of my head of like, okay, what's next? What could we do differently the next time around? But when you're preparing for Golden Demon, you're kind of doing it in a vacuum because 
it's such the it's such a large nebulous kind of thing where you've got so many people entering from not just like obviously okay we've a relatively smallish community here in Ireland but you've a huge community over in the UK massive painting communities over in countries like Spain and in sort of the the Nordic regions like Sweden and all that kind of stuff where it's just insane levels of talent and you don't really get to sort of interact with your peers on that kind of level as much as you would like if you actually knew them sort of I'm kind of rambling on it and even no no not at all I I think you're completely right and you're reminding me of I don't know if you watched uh, the latest Squid Map video where he just talked through his painting history Mm. and there's one point in that where he's one of his first models he copied someone else's style yeah. And he was then doing a cave troll or river troll or something later on. And he was also copying their style. And he stopped halfway through and never finished it because it was not his style anymore. Yeah. yeah and okay. again, he's working in isolation, but at least he's got these videos that he's trying to work towards. So like, I can, I can see what you mean by that. Yeah. But I think one of the, the, one of the questions you asked me there, what would I do differently now compared to what I would have done at the time? And I think now the main thing that I probably changed compared to how I approached some of my previous entries is now I have contacts is a bad word to use, but there are more people I kind of know in that painting sphere that I can bounce ideas off of that have like a wealth more experience than I do. And that are far better painters than I am. Whereas before I was kind of in a big fish, little pond kind of situation where I was sort of topped out at the level I could hit. And then I was trying to, you know, you go over to these places and you see people like, you know, Richard Gray and uh, Patrick Pudi, and you see all these guys who are just like leagues ahead of you, and you're basically fangirling their way, like, oh my God, I saw that model online, that was amazing. And then actually get to like see the thing in person. Um, so, yeah, like a huge part of taking part in something like Gold Demon is you have no idea what's going to be there on the day. You have no idea who's going to turn up from where with something that you could never have sort of thought of in your head. Um, and I guess part of it as well is like, especially modern Golden Demon, like we look at what won the last Golden Demon competition, you're kind of hamstrung if you're just taking a model off the shelf. Like some of these guys are custom sculpting their model with some parts, but mm-hmm. some of it not even. I um, remember the, the winner of Adepticon GT uh, Golden Demon was just a skink. Yeah. That standard model, no conversion, no nothing. Yeah, I've got two points on that. Um, well, one point is like one of the things I think it's important to know is that like where you were like you think some of his other models are better than the Lord of the Rings models. So it's not so much the case now, but obviously he's limited by Lord of the Rings sculpts because they weren't as nice as a lot of the Age Sigmar sculpts. A lot of the new resin ones now are new plastic feed. They're all up to that standard now. So he's like, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. But also. If he puts a beautiful model into an Age of Sigmar category, he's against a thousand people. Where if he puts his a Lord of the Rings model on, he's against fifty people. So there's like a difference there as well, of like level of talent. It's all statistics based and stuff. Um, another thing that I was thinking of there, and it only made me think of it when you were like, you know, what's 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 different now? And I'm like, well, every year the standards go up. Like every year it's better than the last year. It's like a better model is crazy. And I was like, holy crap, I just realized that it's not just good enough to get better at painting. Because if you're getting better at painting slower, then the the, the standards are going up and you're never gonna catch. And that, that's that's the crux of it, is you're you're in a, a constant arms race almost to try and figure out right what's the next big thing. And there's two streams that you can kind of go down with this and this is one of my particular hobby horses now so strap in this is where i'm going to just oh no no go for it this is good so there's the there's this whole idea of the golden demon meta let's say right and nobody knows what it is because it is as andy was saying it's basically defined by what wins golden demon the previous year right so for ages we were seeing a massive influx of things like non-metallic metals or object, object source lighting osl all this kind of stuff um massively converted models completely like for sculpts from just like bare bones like from scratch working away kind of stuff and then you see someone pulling out the that insane skink um just straight out of the box nothing fancy base nice and little minimal base nothing crazy nothing too mad about it and then you see a slew of those entries come in and the whole thing just flipped on its head and even things like color palettes like yep. when we were looking at, if you go back a couple of years to when the original foundation paints were out, 
and they had those kind of sort of drab pastel kind of tones and you had all the shades come out and everything was quite dark and drab and compared that color palette which was quite as well grim dark as a phrase that always gets bandied around with warmer but compare that to sort of the really vibrant and poppy and almost like 90s kind of style of entries that you see now well even just the new that we have available like, you know the newer contrast stuff like even things like Tal- talisar blue and the uh, plague bearer green like super bright colors in comparison yeah. to what you're talking about yeah and i think that the idea of the okay i want to take part in golden Dean. the first question you have to ask yourself is why do you want to take part in golden because if you're going to say to yourself right right i want to take part in golden because i want to go and i want to win i'm going to be saying to you don't go because you will not enjoy it golden demon isn't a journey or an end sorry golden demon isn't an end goal Golden Demon should be seen as like one step on the journey. Now, the whole idea is that you're it, like for me, it's sort of the big event of the year because I get to go over, see a massive range of really cool models, talk to other people who are you know passionate about painting and high, like whether it's at a high standard or low standard, just observing cool models painting, just be like, oh, I really love what he did with this thing. It really kind of captured the essence of what this model is about. Oh, I never thought of doing that kind of conversion or you know, flipping that whole color scheme on its head, it really gives you a bit of, um, I suppose, inspiration. It really kind of reignites the uh, the whole engine. Like, I think you want to be going into Golden Demon with that kind of mentality in your mind rather than, I want to go in and smash it and come home with a lot of trophies because I think that's, yeah, it's a competition and there is that aspect to it. But I think it is more about the community side of things and the participation and that whole vibe that you get when you go. That should be why you want to go and take part. You want to be involved in something that's, you know, that uh, inspiring. And that a yeah. lot of other people, like, it, it's a dream just to enter Golden Demon. You know, I remember when I was a kid, flicking through White Dwarfs, thinking, oh, I'd never be good enough to do that. I'd love to go to Games Day someday. And then, you know, a couple of years later, actually being able to go and actually being able to take part and be recognized. Yeah, then get your model in White Dwarfs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's, it's huge. What, it's, it's what, what did that feel like? Because never mind winning, right? Because you won what you won. But how cool was it to see your model of White Dwarf? Like, what was that like? That was pretty mind-blowing. Like, to, that, like I remember when they used to bring out the um, the winners in, like, the pull-out sheaf at the back of the magazine, and you'd be able to, like, flick through. Oh, yeah, all these ones were won. And, like, I've got dog-eared copies of the few that were still going around when I was collecting White Dwarf at the time, and I still go back and look through them from time to time. I thought um, it was um, surreal. Which it, for me, I thought I was... I wasn't, I was more, obviously I'm jealous of you being in White Dwarf, and, but I was more jealous of the fact that you did the, uh, they did a special. What, that he was there on merit? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, he was there for, uh, like, because he was a trophy winner, they did a special uh, painting competition the next year, and that's where he did his beautiful Stormcast yes. Silver guy. But not only that, but I walked into the Hall of Miniatures, I was walking around, and then there was a cabinet, with all, I was like, there's Dave's model in the Hall of Miniatures. <laughs> Like hundreds of people are looking at this model every day. Like and it's here for a whole year. So hundreds of thousands of people are going to be gawking and taking photos of your model. Like a white dwarf is great, but people flick through it and then that's that month and then it goes to a pile. You know what I mean? Like I just, yeah. And yeah. to be honest, that, on display is so cool. That's the reason I thought my question was so harsh at the beginning because your painting is absolutely inspiring and it's absolutely like next level stuff. And I can't do anything, even like I, I must've said it to Andy about 50 times since we started recording this, just your absolutely crazy way to base a model where you're not hmm. covering the whole base. Right. That is, I don't know where you've got that idea from. I don't know, you know, but that's the going way... back to one of those old white dwarf servers in case of, Oh, here's a plinth. And they only covered like part of the thing. And like, yeah. if that's the plinth, like the basing is kind of coming off to one side. And yeah. it was, but it's mind it was like blowing. Like that to me is like every, when I see the work you've done on your definitely not Death Watch, but kind of assemble like Death Watch. Yeah, may as, may as well be Death Watch, yeah. not Death Watch Marines. Yeah, yeah. And they've all got that weird base. Uh, it like uh, honestly like it comes up like every second week right Andy like it's just non-stop I love I love this basing and it is one of those things that is inspiring to me and like interesting to me even though it's it's not like the base isn't special it's special because it's the way you do it and and that's why I kind of wanted to start with such a 
horrifically mean question. Um, <laughs> it is, right? It's a really horrible question. Like, why, why, why did you, why have you done better things since then? Um, yeah. What, um, what uh, can you? Are you you're not working at and at the moment I assume because we've just hit golden demon season and you've just got married but like yeah so it was literally a case of I was thinking oh yeah maybe this year I can you know enter something into golden demon then it's like oh no no okay so it's it's the last bank holiday before that no there won't be a wedding if I go I I, I will be mysteriously murdered the moment touch <laughs> Irish so justifiably so I should have the, the trick is to marry you marry you insure you and then do you in but you know. She's crafty like that, you know. Oh, I bet she is. I bet she is. Um, what, what would you have done if you if you had the opportunity this year, just with the with the field the way it is, and obviously you're someone who looks at it. Yeah, the idea I kind of had rattling around in my head, and it's a model that I actually did start and may go back to just to finish as a it's a it's an idea I've had rattling around in my head. Is one of the first things I entered into Golden Demon I got kind of anywhere with was a Killican. Yes. So one of the plastic ones just when that kind of came out. Um. I've no idea where the actual model is now. It's probably in a thousand pieces at the bottom of the case somewhere. Um, but I always wanted to kind of go back and redo that as like, this is where I kind of first got my taste of like, oh, here, I got a pin for this. Cool, right? I'm going to go back and doing what I know now with the skills I have now, retry that. See, could I do better with that? Or could I achieve the same level of results with that? Plus, yeah. There's so many, like the orc range has changed so much since. There's all the kind of things you can add onto it to add that little bit of extra something to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I feel like, so to answer something that you brought up a minute ago, the reason I want to enter is not because I think I'm going to win. Um, it's, it's a really simple one. And I think it'll be obvious when people watch this because you'll see the, you'll see the pictures. Your Space Marines mm. are not special because they're all potentially golden demon winning, but because your skills have gotten so good, they are what I grew up with, or maybe even more recent, every metal standard. And to have an army that is default, every metal standard, basically, and you're just a guy doing it in your spare time. Like I want to just learn some new techniques and develop my skills to paint better. Because like, mm. I can paint quickly. Like I got Dante home today and he's in the condition he's in now after maybe an hour because I've got a three month old. So like, well, I'm fast. Like if I can do anything, I can paint quickly. Mm. Um, But I know he's messy. He's shitty. Like he's, he's fine. He looks good when you just spin him in front of a camera with no lights. But like, ooh. well, yeah, ooh, it's blurry. Um, <laughs> it's but, seriously. And it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> I know that it is, it's like everything else, right? Like if I, if I learn a new technique, like your basing style or, you know, uh, anything else. And I then test that on a model and improve on that on a model. Like I, I didn't put decals on a model. Like I'm 38. I've been in the hobby since I was 11. I didn't put decals on a model until during the pandemic. Just could never figure it out. And then I was at home and I was doing my Chaos Knights and I was like, I'm going to put some decals all over these. And every single Chaos Knight has decals on them and they're covered in decals. But like, that was a skill I did not have. And now I have it. And, and that's so, something just jumping on that one, actually, when you say decals, like that's something that I'm seeing now used more and more in Golden Demon entries. Like there's one guy, uh, uh, Mamacon on Twitter and Instagram. So a lot of his stuff, like he does really nice sort of black Templars and a lot of really nice Sisters of Battle. And they're done in that kind of slightly orange hue, John Blanche artwork that was the cover of the original Black yes, Templars. Yes. Yeah, it's that guy. He's amazing. And yeah, his stuff is really cool. And he's quite like, again, he's one of these guys that I met over at Golden Demon and he's quite easy to chat to and quite a nice guy. Um, but he uses a lot of decals in his work. So what mm. he usually does is he'll sort of paint, if he's doing, say, a parchment and there's a seal on it, they put the parchment just as a flat color, apply the decal, and then go in at shade and weather and highlight after all that's done. So it looks like the whole thing was either freehanded on or is all yep. part of this. And it's again, it's taking the tools you have and applying them in a different way. And it it works. Like it yep. works for him. Did he do I that see. um the shield one like a couple of weeks ago? The Blade Guard veteran shield with the quarter red and bone. No, that was a Trevarian. Yep, Trevarian, yeah. Same kind of idea. Again, taking something simple, using the 
guy kind of name. So many good guys out there. And they're all kind of gravitating towards that similar kind of style. And actually going like right back around again, that whole thing of style. And like like you were saying, like when Squidmar was doing those videos and mm. models that you never finished when you're trying to ape someone's style, you're kind of bringing the thing back around to Golden Demon a little bit, is if you're looking to paint something to Golden Demon standard, there's no golden demon standard there's no heavy metal standard there's just your best standard so let's yeah, take yeah. whatever your style is whatever you know how to paint and do the best version of that that you can do yeah and forget about what everyone else is doing there's always this kind of temptation to like in the run up to golden demon and i'm guilty of it myself to be fair is that you go in and you start looking at oh okay so these are some of the other entries that are going to be in the cabinets alongside my category okay right well that's completely just like sucked all the joy i had when i was working yeah. on this thing you have done that every year buddy every, pretty much every year yeah 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 like and there has been some um success that people have done with that like there i think there was one which was uh, to this day i still kind of think back on that one i'm like that was really really clever why the hell didn't i think of that where a guy does, it was a Bretonian uh, knight sort of kneeling in front of an open door. Yep. And he'd done one of the old kind of um, like haunted house type tricks where you a sheet of glass at a certain angle and a light shining on it from a different angle. And it's reflecting like the the, late, the model of the lady onto the glass. Yep. But when you're looking through the door, it just looks like there's an apparition of the lady just floating in the room like a ghost. <laughs> And it's just, again, it's that whole thing, like you put it in a gilt frame, so it looked like this whole glorious medieval scene. And yeah, no, it's the only danger with something like that is you have to know which category to put it into. So yeah, something yeah. for open, 100%. Something for like a diorama, amazing. It'd be fantastic. Sticking it in a unit category and you're out of luck because you've done something that's not true to what the brief for that is. Yeah. I've actually noticed a lot of people changing things in those lot of stuff this year where it's like they they went up and they were like, I this goes into open or whatever, or whatever. And then when they went to find their model, it had been moved. Yeah. Like people were like, This isn't an open, like you got you got it wrong. They're real strict about like, no, this isn't a single model, this belongs in the monsters, or this is a so even if you think you you want you know which category you want to put it in, you could get it wrong. Do you think there would be a place for a uh like I can understand from a business point of view why they wouldn't want this, but do you think there would be a, a place for a retro category? I think it'd be it'd be worth exploring. Like if I'm thinking back to some of the older categories that you used to have, like you had open, but you also had things like large scale, and that's where people were just going in and just sculpting everything by hand, or it was the still there, isn't it? Oh no, 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 they were in open this year. You're right. Yeah, there was a what was it that you had? Uh, Inquisitor, the old they were ones that used to fit into that um, I, like, I think there's space for it but I think for whatever reason there does seem to have been a consolidation of categories less like everything's been kind of focused in more so than spread out like if you look now you've got Blood Bowl has been folded into Age of Sigmar whereas it used to be a case if you'd see all the Age of Sigmar kind of or, one category that people would enter and it was one that i always intended to enter and then blood bowl got folded into age of sigmar unit and again kind of going back to what andy was saying it's a case of cool i've done this amazing blood bowl team and i'm now up against how many other people in that yeah. one category yeah 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 you're right i feel like it's it's been condensing a lot recently like they had heresy golden demons at heresy mm. events up until mm. pre-pandemic and now, obviously, that's just part of the the default, right? So, do you do you think it's necessarily a bad thing, or do you just think that there's more competition? Um, not necessarily a bad thing. Personal preference, I'd like to see more categories because then I think you see more variety of models, not only in terms of what actually wins, but just at the event itself. So, I think having more categories in encourages a broader field and i think just for sort of say competition painting and the styles that you can see on the day i think that's only a good thing so i'd like to see some of the older categories come back i'd love to see uh, expansion of some categories as well like say lord of the rings i think it'd be kind of cool to see a lord of the rings unit category or a lord of the rings mm -hmm. monster category as opposed yeah. to just the one thing for lord of the rings like a mounted one as a separate category 
That would be super, super cool. Or then you could just break it up even more if you want, like, good and evil or whatever. I kind of, all I keep thinking of is should they do Armies on Parade style Golden Demon entries? Like, should that, should you be able to do, I've I've seen it a few times this year and I, I think they probably ended up in the open category, but there were a few this year that had almost like a, a Death Watch team, I guess, where you've got the multiple different marks of armor and stuff, but with a background. Do you mm. think like some sort of a terrain piece mandatory would be something interesting for you? Or is that just me just saying words out loud? And... No, I think I think there's merit in that. I think what, and maybe it's just me reading between the lines, but I think they're trying to push for armies on parades to have that sort of level of, I don't know, what do you say, gravitas? That Golden Demon has, and I think it needs almost a separate. Like I know you've got Armies on Parade Day per se, but I almost wonder is Armies on Parade something that should be folded into Warhammer Fest, where you have right here's the Golden Demon Awards one of the days, here's the Armies on Parade Awards one another one of the days, and it's that. That level. was supposed to be the idea, wasn't it? I was I was working for GW when Armies on Parade started, and I don't know about YouTube, but I thought it was muck. I never liked the idea. I thought it was an excuse to separate up those boards and sell them for 25 quid each or whatever. And I just always thought people misunderstood the idea of armies on parade. It's your army on parade, not you and and who they're fighting and everything else. But I thought the original idea was that the best from the store came together. Yeah. And then you brought that with you to games day. Yeah. And then that was supposed to be the. Yeah, that was the 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 problem. That was one of the that was like they did that for two years and that's about it really. Yeah. My last few years running um, Armies on Parade in the store, I just flipped it on its head. I was so sick of like you, the same thing. It was just like a thing. You have to have one of these boards. So I was just like, they're like, I don't have one of the boards. And I my my tagline was always, I will give you a two foot by two foot space in the store to display whatever you're proud of in the hobby from the last year. That's it. The wood, whatever you want. I don't care. And people yeah. brought in all sorts of mad stuff and they had a great yeah. time. It was like. 40 people in showing off their cool toy. It was awesome. Because, you know, a board doesn't fit into people's remit of, like, I'm done. What are you going to do with this board now? I don't know. What, what am I supposed to do with it? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure the one year I took part in it, the board just lived in the shop and just ended up in the back and was probably used as a display piece at some point. It probably still is in the shop somewhere there because it's like, this thing, the, 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 no. <laughs> the models, thanks. The rest of it, no. Yeah, yeah it was... I mean, like, for instance, I did my uh, weather top. I just put yes. weather top down and I painted up Aragorn, four hobbits, the fire, and the five ring rates. And I entered that as my, this is what I'm doing for it. And everyone voted for it and loved it. And I got a thingy for it. It was super cool, to be fair. But again, it was that idea. It's that this was the thing you were excited about that year. And that's what jumped out for people. Like, people were excited that, oh, cool. Okay. This is what he really wanted to do and talk about this year. Awesome. I totally agree with you. Like I, I hadn't really thought about the idea of more categories would bring, would spread out the thing. And like I said, get more variety to the kind of hobby that you would see. Because like you were saying, the people who follow the trends about Golden Demon, those people who, who are trying to win and are going back to preview, like what's currently the thing that everyone's looking for, they mainly enter things like 40K single and Age Sigmar single. So like you'd get not even more variety of miniatures, but more variety of styles. And like people who do Blood Bowl aren't going to do you know, double source lighting from red to blue, you know, all that kind of weird stuff. They're just yeah. going to paint a really good Blood Bowl team and give them awesome bases and maybe put a stand in and do it like that. And that was really cool to see. I, I never thought about that until you said it. What I loved about this year, and particularly one thing I really have liked over the last few years, is the introduction of the commended entries. Yes, yes. completely they, agree. And then that they also photograph the commended entries and showcase them as well. So it wasn't just, yep. here's the guys who won Golden Demon, there was a whole spread for a few days, and like, here's some of the commended entries that we thought were really. really you know cool. what the commended entries actually are? It's the the it, the last you've made it to the last round, essentially. The last six. Yeah. The last six got commended entries, so you see like the, you know, fourth, fifth, and sixth got the little tag and the little. So you got like if you got a commended entry, it wasn't just like oh we thought it was cool. It was like no no no, you were one two or three spaces away from getting a trophy. Like you were close. Yeah. Super cool. But I think so I think the point is that they don't usually give you any feedback, yeah. and so getting the commended mm. entries is that, like, ooh. I think it's fair to say as well with the idea of like feedback is that like, like MV Metal team are level ten painters, 
But yeah. so are 50, 60 people who are going to the event. So they can't give feedback of how to make it better. Like I've I've seen the tagline and it seems to be a very thing. It's like, I'm sorry, we are not looking for what's good. We have to literally look for mistakes. That's how we have to judge this because there's no other way to step. Like the top 10 entries for a single miniature 40K are flawless. You've no idea how difficult it is to pick which one is. And if, if they had to come the next day and we had to done it again, it might be different. Like if I, if, I, if I didn't have my coffee in the morning, it might be a different model I picked today. It's like, that's how perfect they all are. Yeah. And um, there was a really interesting thing I watched when it was um, not Squidmar, it was uh, Miniac. And he was saying he would love to run a large scale painting event. He would love to have that created and run it. But there would not be a finite amount of trophies. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm. if you earned a trophy you like you showed up with this model like that deserves a trophy so like 10 people go home with a trophy 10 people deserved it yeah. and i was like oh, that's kind of cool i like that idea instead of like you know all these seven people got it or these seven people didn't get it because that one hair is out of place so that 400 hours of work you did gets you nothing it's like oh yeah. what yeah. i feel like i'm a, I'm a loser now and i like you've created art like that thing should be in a cabinet and be seen by the world forever <laughs> and i think that's the other thing as well i'm you can probably speak a bit more to this Andy, than I can, given you entered there last year, is at the end of the day, you get to bring your model over to what is one of the larger um, gaming miniature like showcase style events that's run these days. And you get to have your model seen by hundreds and thousands of people. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a hot take. I would say most of the painting competitions I see are run online by big international companies that exist online hmm. and people take photographs of their miniatures and they submit them and i know people uh who have entered golden demon and done really well i know the i know the guy who won last year slayer sword the dark angel um model and his critique has always been the photographs do not look like the model because sure. they touch them up so I would say, and I, I know there are large, large, you know, events I'd like Adepticon and stuff, but I think Golden Demon is one of the few actual painting competitions that's actually judged fairly because the models are in the same place with yeah. the same light, judged by the same people. And it's not just an online vote for, like, I... I you know when you go yeah you know when you go to a tournament and the one guy wins best army and his army is shit but he brought his friends so they voted for him there's one guy in london who does this all the time and i cannot <laughs> no seriously his painting it, it looks like it looks like a like part of the louvre has melted and fallen onto his models i just <laughs> oh, hit him hit him and he always wins the painting competitions he's not stylistically good. you can make that work you know I yeah mean, yeah you, I, I know you can he hasn't yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say like Andy's night haunt models are like sure. It, yeah, no, it, yeah, I, I'm, for that turn. No, I'm I talking about like the ones that were kind of that yellowy kind of brown kind of tone. Like it worked because they looked like they were, you know, out of one of those kind of old style Renaissance paintings where everything's that kind of sort of sepia tone going through it. Like I know sepia is just your answer to everything. Mine's doing both brown. It's fine. Everyone has their crutch, but you know, um, yeah, but it worked. I didn't win for that. It was a stylistic kind of choice, you know, but it, it's one that paid off. I got best painted for my Blooms by Gits. And I yes. earned that. I earned that. I'm so proud of that army. I mean, you cheated with the army and you played it, but you did earn that. <laughs> I did cheat. <laughs> so does, does Andy know? Let's, let's just get down to brass tacks. Does Andy know any rules? No. No, you should see the game of 40k I played against Tim yesterday. Oh, how yesterday. was it? What did you pick? Yeah. Guard. guard yeah uh yeah i didn't know any rules it got to the end and he was like your army's good because of your abilities my what okay <laughs> he's like you're all your model all your units have abilities and they're all really good are they that's cool i got hockey like beyond hockey <laughs> to be fair how old is the addition at this stage like it's a it's a complete reset so you're okay yeah. not knowing rules now. yeah if my takeaways are the game is busted because everything is busted you know what i mean so yeah. everything has got so many cool rules, has so much cool stuff. And Tim did nothing wrong whatsoever. He just knew the cool stuff his army did. And I didn't know the cool stuff I did, which is a real. So if you're going somewhere and you plan on playing a game, 
I think the cards are essential. I'll have to get all the cards now because mm. like, like I'm going to do some of this unit. What does it do? This unit does this. Okay, cool. I'm going to do awesome. Like uh, all of my um, Death Course of Krieg Infantry have a very cool role called Grim Resolve. Yep. Mm-hmm. Once, they're, once they are not at starting strength, so as soon as they lose a single wound, they get plus one to hit. Yep. And then once they're below half strength, they get plus one to hit and plus one to wound. I didn't That's know pretty... until after the game. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure if it's been clarified or maybe it's just been bandied about, but apparently if you've got a medic and you then heal that wound back, they've still taken it, so it still counts. Oh, I didn't know I was wondering it's that. Would something like that. It's something they, every like... single I had remembered this role, but I think it's really cool that my all my Krieg have medics. So they yeah. all get D three models back every turn. Yep. Here's here's an idea of how busted stuff is, right? You say that's ridiculous. So yes, one of the rule, one of the command thingies for strategy points is uh is two command points. And it's called reinforcements. No, it's so and good. You just pick a regiment unit that's dead and it goes into reinforcements and comes on next turn. You just like, yeah, but it, you like you have to have the points dead. when they die. That's you the that's yes, you yes, have you to have, have the points when yes, they die. So that's yes, the absolutely. that's the only challenge with that one. You so have like, to have two points. Yeah, but yeah. I can get two points. Two points isn't hard to get. But I'm just saying, like, I charge in my 10 Death Riders. They All right, hold on. Let's just stop here, right? Two points might be hard to get if you know the rules. You might actually have used them for other things. Oh, no, no, no. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Guard army. There's always more guys. Oh, I know that. I Eventually, know that. I was so far behind on points that I would just take my two secondary objectives, and I wouldn't even look at them. I'm just like, I'm turning these in at the end of the turn for two command points. So they're not hard to get, see? <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah. I think we're going to see big meta shifts between now and Christmas. A uh, bunch of my mates have just been to a two-day thing near Eastbourne, mm-hmm. and they were terrified of the night armies. And I was just like, did you change your army in any way from ninth edition? They were like, no. And I was like, rhinos are tough to kill now, and there are full vehicle armies. So yeah. when when people figure out that you just need to take a las cannon squad or you know heavy weapon teams, I guess for guard or whatever it is, or like um, a good friend of mine who was helping run the event, he was the spare player, just mm. took blood bloodthirster demon army, and he fought chaos knights there too, and he just walked up and wiped them off the table, because once you get close to them, you can't they their void shields or uh, whatever it is don't work, and so you just take twenty five wounds off them and they're dead. That's it, yep. easy. Yeah. Like it's the problem is people are still playing with ninth edition armies. Nobody's gone and gone. Well, I need to change this. So, yeah. especially Andy who hasn't even read his rules. Not even close. One more. I'll, I'll still be playing with Dave Dice. So it won't make a difference. No. Well, that's true. No. I have I have some important questions that I wrote down on a piece of wood while you guys were chatting about tenth um, <laughs> edition. Uh, I I'm moving. I don't have anything out. Nothing's exi- nothing's out anymore. Um, right on right. the wall there. You're moving, aren't you? Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, right on my my spray spray uh, board. Board. Right. So, uh, how do you paint hazard stripes? Uh, start with yellow and then go black. Like uh, people are gonna like expect me to say, oh yeah, like you use basking tape or you just. I just like I paint the surface yellow, and then I get some water down black, and I just paint lines. And right. Well, next question: know. How do you paint straight lines? Yeah, exactly. Practice mask and tape. Don't tell people to use your <laughs> steady hand. Just use mask and tape. <laughs> steady hand. It's fine. I did it on stream once where I used mask and tape, and I didn't airbrush it. I just painted on over that, and it yep. worked perfectly. I was like, "See, you don't just. It's on Green Stuff World hobby tape. It costs nothing. Just buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop giving yourself headaches. <laughs> yeah, your your hazard stripes are. I mean, next level is not. But like I'm looking at so many Iron Warriors to this day. Yeah. It's practice. That's entirely what it's down to. It's just so good. I'm looking at you know the. I was trying to explain this to Andy a few, well probably about a month ago now. I couldn't. It's all all the podcast is him trying to explain things. <laughs> it's really difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. Um, you know you know the front of a rhino and a land raider on the right hand left hand side they've got like that little indent which is like a a rectangle with like a cornered piece at the top. He means on the side. So the side, turn, yeah, yeah. On, right on the sideways, and you have that like bit where the armor goes in on the front and back. Yeah, yeah. that 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 kind of like, sh- yeah, yeah. So I saw a guy on the internet about a month ago, and he had bought hazard stripe decals, and he had drawn a template 
that was the, the exact piece for that rhino. So what he did was he then put it on top of the hazard stripes, cut around it, and just stuck the whole thing in with the back and tape and everything. And because <laughs> Andy hasn't spoken, so no one can see him with his hands in his head in his hands, but it's I'm what? telling you, it's what? such a good like solution to that problem, but it is a mad solution to a problem. So it's what you trace the outline yep. and then trace the outline onto a sticker, cut out the sticker to the shape and stick the sticker onto the thing. Yep. He literally just, so, you know, um, transfers come on like a blue card or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. He just stuck the blue card to the rhino. <laughs> and then he. <laughs> oh, that hurts my brain. I hope he's listening so I can say you should not be in the hobby. <laughs> I I think it's genius. I think it's genuinely genius because and you're entering oh, Golden no. Demon next year. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm going to do that. I'm <laughs> just saying I'm impressed with someone's ingenuity. Like that's adapt and overcome. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Those specific pieces, that like gap on a rhino and a land raider and stuff. I always thought people should make like three printing companies should make parts that you just no, like, just fill it you in. Get that's like the thickness of a coin that has hazard stripes etched into it and you just glue them in and then just paint them you know that kind of thing and like have mm. detail or have i've always thought that's a, like a really good part of a tank to put something i always weather it or put transfers in it and stuff i love it it's a little bit like the um the worm world uh command tanks like they have those little yes. plastic bits it's like the little yeah. reliquaries that just slot in there exactly and that. that's yeah, yeah. it's it. awesome uh, more of that please would you ever lower your standards to paint an army I mean, technically, the um, uh, no. Uh, best spray paint slash undercoat method, please. Take the model and you spray it chaos black, and you're done. Oh, so Games Workshop chaos black. It's all I've ever known, and that's purely down to why I use it. I've never tried other brands. Sorry, I tell a lie. I once tried um the Halfords primer, and it just did nothing for me. So it, my method is just wait until there's a somewhat clear, somewhat warm day. Make sure, sit the can outside, let it achieve the same temperature as what's going on outside, and then just dust the model in short bursts and you're done. I don't usually do sort of zenithal like I know Andy swears by. I usually just do it's either black or it's white or it's gray. It's th th There's no mixing of the colors. That's rarely the way I go about that. But you're just, just a rattle can man. Yep, just a rattle can man. I've never, yeah. I've tried to use airbrushes. Uh, like I had a, now I say tried, I got the cheap, like 50 quid one out of the alley. Sure. I saw it on offer one time. I was like, I'll try this and see if it's any fun. Um, that the compressor broke. And I just, I, I never really used it. And entirely down to, yeah. there's no, this whole thing of like, oh, airbrush, no airbrush, ooh, a bit like that. There's no hot take there. It's literally a case of I'm too lazy to be cleaning and setting up an airbrush. That's my hot take on them as well. Too much work around it. Okay. My next question, written on my on my piece of wood, uh, best brush. Best brush. Yeah. Um. Again, I'm like just a standard Citadel, like a medium or extra fine, whatever the artificer ranges. I I swear by those. I have those are a tried... series sevens. Then, as we found out this week, we already knew that. Well, but now we know. You know when you know when then someone tells you and you're like, oh, okay, you 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 bought them from them. Okay, cool, fine. Yeah, that's good though because that's a very common brush and that's good again. Yeah, like I I am very hard on brushes. Like brushes don't really survive long with me because I can tell you all the things you should do to take care of your brushes and they'll serve you well and everything else. I don't do it because again, <laughs> I'm lazy. I'm just a case of not that thing's that's sitting in water overnight. Oh look, there's a lovely curve on that. Eh, it's fine. I can still paint with this. I can still dry brush with this. Yeah. Why would you get a dry brush for that? No, I'll just dry brush this with my fine detail brush. It's fine. I'll just it's I, I buy new brushes whenever I start a project because I'm the same. And it's not that I don't try to keep uh, keep them, but I'm just I just can't. I don't know. I'm stupid. Yeah. I don't know if that's gonna show on the camera at all. Oh, so that's yeah. a synthetic brush. It right? is. You messed that it's one up. Used, oh yeah, like so badly that the whole thing is cracked. That was left down. in water. That's why that's cracked. Yeah. But it still works. Like it. Well, no, it's not good it for. It still anything. works. But it still works. <laughs> still like, works. What? 
Not those brushes. I do have a purpose for those brushes. And they're to scoop paint out of my pot onto my palette and then add a touch of water to the paint. And then that's it. And then I go to the brush. Here's a, a hot take I'll give for you now, right? Go on. Like the, um, scooping paint out and putting it onto a palette. I don't use a wet palette. I don't use a wet palette even for this. I've rare, like I rarely use a palette either. It's, you know, most of the time, most of my painting was done just using the top of the like the Citadel paint pot. I'd just I'd throw the paint on there and mix it on that. And just that is a hot tech, paint. ladies and gentlemen. Like, it was that just, is a hot tech. Because I could spend time setting out all these things and yeah, I can see the value in a uh, a wet palette. I can see the value in really print for you now. I am one hundred percent gonna use a wet palette when I'm painting for my golden demon entry because the pendant competition that you ran at the Irish GT in twenty nineteen that I entered two models in. Um, there was the Stormcast sat on the chicken, and there was the Chaos character, uh, like a Nurgle Chaos guy. Yes, I, I yes, painted that Nurgle Chaos guy completely with washes and using a wet palette. It's the first time I ever used it. I followed uh, Darren Latham's defunct YouTube channel on on his Blight King Masterclass thing, and I changed the color to yellow because my uh, Nurgle army's yellow, and it absolutely changed the way I painted until I stopped using it. I love them. The only reason I don't use them more is I'm out of paper. You <laughs> should really order more. Go to Tesco. No, I like the ones that fit with the thing. It's just greaseproof paper. Just <laughs> get a knife. It's neat and it just goes. It's that floop when it just all sets. Get a get a street urchin to cut it to size for you, and then you've you know <laughs> cost you less. I still haven't found anything that works as well as the Citadel range for shades, washes, and contrast. Yeah, nobody has. I was watching um uh who was I watching? Friend of the friend of the podcast, Pete the Wargamer, uh mm -hmm. the other day. And he is a huge fan of the two thin coats paints. But what he was painting uh was like a sanguineous model. And it was two thin coats, two thin coats, two thin coats, glaze it with contrast water down a bit yeah. and it's like there is nothing else like that and if you like the shades and whatever contrast is just that pro right like it's just the next level yeah um like i do that on everything if i'm i'm a big fan of like uh dante painted his his robe red or his uh, tabard red and then mm -hmm. i contrast over it because that's a really good way to add definition to red with red it's great Gold um, demon winner. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, the secret. You know, just they have to. They have to actually blur it out. Like, yeah. They do. Yeah. More crimes against brushes. Like, there it is. <laughs> Big brush, you blur it out.